Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. All right, so in our first episode on assertiveness, we talked about um, how to think about assertiveness, not just as a form of communication, um, but as a kind of a general approach to life, which really is all about values and being really clear about what's important to you. Um, and then episodes, the kind of second and third um, episode on assertiveness, we looked at the importance of going after your values, like how to approach your values. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the third one, we talked about how to essentially protect your values, um, which often is about saying, just like approach is about saying yes to the things you want. Um, protecting your values is about saying no to things you don't want, right. um, kind of intrusions on your values. Mm-hmm. So I thought in our, um, in our final episode, we're going to talk about obstacles to assertiveness, which is something we've kind of touched on in each of the individual episodes, but I think we both had some maybe, maybe kind of broader themes that come up with ourselves or with our clients that make it hard to be assertive in general. That, that make it difficult to, to act assertively? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, whether it means going after what we want, identifying what we want, protecting what's important to us. Um, but kind of what are, what are the things generally that people struggle with when it comes to being assertive? What makes it hard to be assertive? What are the obstacles? I, I think once values are defined and goals are kind of set, um, for, for my clients, it seems to be um, people hmm. and time. People S- and time, okay. Seem to be the things that can um, compromise or, or that people allow to compromise their values. Okay. Or, or, or to stop being assertive about their values. Gotcha. All right. People. Tell me about people. People. Um, friends, family, loved ones, partners that have not, not, they're not conflicting interests, but competing interests, you know, for hmm. time or for resources or for attention. Um, and it's easy to say, you know, I, I've set these goals to really pursue, let's say my, my, um, um, let's say I have a goal to kind of, uh, a value of kind of physical health and, and, um, optimizing physical health. And and I've set some goals to kind of go to the gym every, every day or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And my, um, significant other decides, um, Hey, this tonight, tomorrow night, let's go do this thing. And it's going to basically mean I can't get my workout in at all. Yeah. And so it's not that it's a bad thing. It's not that your partner is trying to hurt you or, that that significant other is, is being reckless with your goals. There's just something they'd like to do that, that will compete for the, the, mm-hmm. the resource of time um, for you to get your goals done or, um, or they want to do something over a weekend where you have time set aside to pursue one of the values that you have. And it's not that it's a, a direct kind of um, conflict, but there's a, there, there's a competition for um, some resource there. Right. That other people in your orbit have for you. (laughs) So given that, given that that's a pretty generalized obstacle to being assertive, to assertiveness, Mm -hmm. what are some general ways to navigate that? 
Well, I, I think what actually comes up is an interesting kind of process where um, that person may say, hey, here's a, something I'd like to pursue. It's different from um, what you'd like to do in an assertive way. And, and then the process becomes interesting because then you're going to have emotions about that, feelings about that. And usually your response is in, is in a, a, that context, right? I'm responding to the way I feel now or what's being said. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's a difficult thing. So a lot of my clients end up <clears throat> reporting feeling guilty a lot. Mm. I feel bad. Um, or I feel like I'm being selfish if I don't compromise my values here. And um, or or if I'm going to act assertively, I'd be a jerk, right. you know. And, and and so there's this kind of um, interesting emotional psychological process. And and at the end of it, people can potentially say, okay, never mind. I just won't go to the gym, or I won't pursue that activity, or I won't um, devote that time to my value. Hmm. So it sounds like what you're almost saying is it's it's not really other people that are actually the problem. It's that maybe our interactions with other people produce certain emotions in us that then affect what we decide to do. Yeah. um, Emotions, perceptions, whatever, whatever that is. But yeah, I think blaming other people for your behavior is a pretty lousy way to go through life. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if, if other people can determine your behavior constantly, that's, that's pretty rough. Um, but we do this a lot. We kind of compromise a lot. And, and when we even tell the story to somebody, we'll say, well, I did this because so-and-so said, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's not why you did it. Right. So-and-so said something you perceived it somehow, had thoughts about it, emotions about it, and then you chose a behavior. Mm-hmm. You, you chose a response. Um, hmm. But then the way you frame it is going to be, I did that because they did X or they said so, this. So when you decide not to go to the gym, which you had intended to do on Saturday morning, and instead go do this thing that your spouse wants to do. What, what you're kind of saying is, it's not really your spouse that caused you to not go to the gym. It's the fact that you felt guilty. And in order to not feel guilty anymore, you kind of gave up on that value and sort of just went with the flow. Yeah, that was the choice you made um, to either maybe avoid conflict or to appease your partner or, but that's a choice you made. And I think if we're talking about living assertively, then we also have to talk about taking responsibility for your actions as well. Mm -hmm. And we can't just say that, you know, I want to live assertively, but other people or other things prevent me from doing that. I mean, it, it really becomes a, when you're, when you're going to behave assertively, you take responsibility for your own actions. Yeah. And I think a, a, something we miss in there is that much more often than we're aware of, I think what's really motivating our behavior is how we feel right. in particular, trying to avoid feeling badly. Right. Um, or thinking of ourselves badly or whatever that is. But yeah, it's usually an emotional or kind of perceptual. Yeah. That what issue. really motivated that not going to the gym and giving up on your value wasn't actually the other person. It was your desire to not feel guilty anymore. Right. Or not engage in conflict. Yep. You know, or not, um, rock the boat, so to speak or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's a, that's a kind of psychological move that's really important to train in ourselves, which is to look at what's really motivating my behavior here. Especially if you're going to say, I want to live assertively, which means I'm going to make choices and engage in behaviors to pursue a certain value. Mm -hmm. 
then you by by default, if you don't pursue that, that's a choice you're making too, right? That's not a living assertively. Mm-hmm. If you're going to, if you're compromising your values, then you're choosing not to live assertively, basically. But sometimes we like to frame it as well. It's their fault mm-hmm. because they wanted to go do this, so I couldn't go to the gym. And there we there you go. That's and then and that kind of framing, I think, is the opposite of being assertive. That is right. completely non-assertive to blame other people mm-hmm. for your behavior. Yeah, I, sometimes I frame this with my clients as you can, anytime you make a decision, you can either make one um, based on your values, so values-based decision-making. Mm-hmm. I want to be healthy and go to the gym, so I'm going to go to the gym. Or something we all fall into, I think, a lot more, which is emotions-based decision-making. <laughs> right. I'm going to not go to the gym because I don't want to feel so guilty or I don't want to feel the anger that would go along with getting in conflict. Right. That really what's motivating our decisions is how we feel or how we want to feel. Right. And that's, that's not necessarily a, you know, a bad thing, but you, you want to watch out for that. Because if you're getting in the habit of making decisions based on how you feel, there's often a huge opportunity cost in terms of your values. You're not making decisions based on what's most important to you in your life. Right. Another easy way to look at this uh, apart from the like working out example is like financial goals. When people say, mm-hmm. "Ooh, I really want to be more responsible financially." And then they get in a situation where friends or whatever are saying, "Hey, let's do this. It's going to be a little expensive." And they they kind of say, oh, "Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that." And it's against their values. They know it, but they want to hang out with their friends. They don't want to be left out or they, it, or the activity is fun or whatever. But right there, you're choosing not to be assertive mm-hmm. to compromise your value. Right. And that, that's a choice you're making to later then say, well, I did that because everybody else wanted to go, you know, to the, <laughs> to the mountains and go skiing for the weekend. Right. <laughs> you know, that's ridiculous. You, you made that choice on your own. Go ahead and accept that. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, we're always making mistakes. So to go ahead and say, wow, I made that choice because of, you know, peer pressure. I made that choice because I didn't want to be left out. That's something I need to work on then, Mm -hmm. right? That's something that that might get in the way of this value again. And I need to be better at handling that kind of situation in the future. But you, you, you lose all that utility if you just blame it on your friends. Right. You, you you miss out on the fact that, wow, you've got a soft spot for being left out or you've got a weakness for um, uh, whatever these things are. And there's an opportunity to work and to own that and to get better. But if you just blame other people, it's a non-starter. Well, and that goes back to that feelings-based decision-making. Ultimately, that right. the reason we do that, the reason we blame other people for our decisions is it feels better. You don't feel yeah. that that guilt over like, I just abdicated responsibility <laughs> right. for this thing that's really important. I just abandoned my yeah. own shit. Which makes yeah. you feel good temporarily, but at the cost of, I think, what something really important, growth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, this is a value you have, and, and, and you've picked it for a reason. And, and then to realize... Oh, there are obstacles, and some of the obstacles are my emotional responses, or my, you know, maybe a weakness that I have, or whatever that is. And, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. If, if that's still a value, and you still want to live assertively, address that. Yep. You know, work on that. Um, but if you're blaming other people or blaming a situation, then then you lose that utility really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think while while it's easy to say, yeah, I should stop blaming other people and take more responsibility for myself, but I think that's a, you know, that's a great thing to aspire to. 
But one practical thing I think that makes that easier to do is to get in the habit of looking at what are my motivations really based on. It's I think it's it's almost a superpower to be able to to notice and to kind of pop the hood on your own mind and say, oh yeah, like I'm feeling really guilty about the fact that I gave up on this value, which is causing me to want to blame it on someone else. Right. I think for most of us, that happens so automatically. Sure. We're just not aware of it. And, and you know, part of the problem there too, I think, is that when when we do that, when we do that taking responsibilities, mm-hmm. sometimes the voice in our head is really negative mm. and, and that's useless. You don't need judgment, right? There's There's no... You don't come back from that weekend skiing and go, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid because I made that bad choice. You know, that that doesn't, there's no utility there. So just to be able to say, wow, why did I make that choice, mm-hmm. right? Why did I do that? And then get curious about it, but in a non-judgmental way and just say, right. whoa, I made that choice based on peer pressure, basically. And man, if I'm going to pursue this value, you know, then I'm going to have to be better at handling peer pressure. There's no judgment in that. There's no... I don't need to kick my own ass to, to learn that or to get better. I, I just got to kind of step back and say, oh, I'm not good at that thing yeah. right there. And I got to get better at that. Sometimes I think my whole job as a therapist is to train people how to start thinking about their own psychology mechanically rather than morally. Yeah. Yeah. Functionally. Mm-hmm. Like, how does this work for you? Right. Because the whole, yeah, I have many, many clients who have a really hard time I mean, and the climate in internally in their minds is brutal, mm-hmm. judgmental and ruthless. And the things that my clients tell themselves on a regular daily basis, multiple times a day are awful. You wouldn't tell, they probably wouldn't speak to anyone <laughs> in their lives the way they speak to themselves. Yeah. Right. And to realize that doing that, there is no benefit to doing that. None. There's no utility. I, I've met one person in my entire life who kind of gets motivated by critical judgment internally. And I'm not even super sold that she does it in a healthy mm-hmm. way entirely. <laughs> but for most people, it's just misery. That's all that is. Right. But I think that's why we do it or get in the habit of doing it is because we, we mistakenly think it's motivating. We, we mistakenly think that's kind of a punishment that will make us stop or... Yeah. And that's ridiculous. You know, I, I don't know many people who just speaking brutalize of, speaking themselves. Speaking being judgmental. <laughs> Ridiculously are, non-functional. Are we getting How's judgmental that? about people's judgmentalness? <laughs> no, no, just to say that it's just not functional and ridiculous by that measure. Like that doesn't... Doesn't what, work. ...produce any outcomes for you that are worthwhile, right? Like, right. And usually the opposite. It produces a lot of outcomes that are really painful, demoralizing, and lead you to bad ends. Yeah. That's my thought. <laughs> so so compromising well, those obstacles, whether it's people, whether it's time, mm-hmm. there's choice involved there that I think we want to be keen to take responsibility for and really address, like, what is it that's going on that, that's causing you to make those choices? Yeah, and to address what you actually want, not how you feel. Right. Yeah, the way you feel should factor a lot less into your decision making. Probably. probably. I mean, it should be in there. I think right. feelings are valid, and we we all have mm-hmm. them, and and they, they they're very useful, but they probably shouldn't be magnified in your equation for decision making. 
Yeah, the idea is not to be a robot. I mean, we all have right. feelings and feelings right. have their place. And mm-hmm. I, I think the, the idea is, can you observe them and notice them and be willing to have them despite going after what's important? I mean, that's assertiveness right yeah, there. That's yeah. the whole thing. Or, or take them with you, right? Exactly. You're approaching something you've never done before. You're nervous, maybe a little anxious. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that emotion tells us freeze, don't do it, run away. Can, can instead... Instead of just basing your behavior on that emotion, can you say, wow, you know, I'm going to do this thing and I'm really anxious, right? right? I'm still going to go through with this. And, and that's assertiveness, right? Yep. To be able to, to, to behave even though, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, to go after your values, not your feelings. Right. Yeah. That's great. I think that was good. That was a good one. Um, I have one kind of smaller one My that's... Um, we haven't really touched on, I think, but I think it's important when people are considering this overall, if they think, you know, I need to be, I need to work on being a more assertive person mm-hmm. generally. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've found that one of the things that often derails people with this is inconsistency. And what I mean by that is, well, people will have big ideas about how they're going to start being more, assertive. you know, I'm going to start standing up to my boss and telling them what I think. And, you know, and that may, that may be great eventually, um, but what often happens, like, like with any kind of goal setting or, or new habit formation, if you bite off more than you can chew, mm. you end up kind of falling off the wagon and then getting really, um, judgy and disappointed in yourself. And you go back to right back to all those old scripts about, well, I just can't do this. This is the way it is. Um, and so I think there's a real art to being patient enough to realize becoming more assertive this is like a this is a long-term play like this is something that's really important to me and it's worth spending a good amount of time on and knowing that it's going to be um you know slow and steady that wins the race so Mm -hmm. choosing kind of acts of assertiveness in the beginning that are small and manageable and things you can do in a sustainable way kind of kind of scaffolding Right, building yes. building up to, and so if you choose to be assertive about something, it doesn't mean you have to be perfectly assertive about something. It's more about how do I get more assertive yes. about that? How I do I get better? I think it's more about reps than the intensity of the assertive act. I totally and, agree. Yeah, and I think the reason for that is when it comes to making any new habit stick and become a you know a, something you just you just start to do. I think that only really happens when it goes from being uh, like a habit and an action and a thing that you have to do to just a part of your identity. I mean, mm-hmm. people who people who really care about fitness and who go to the gym regularly, right? It's it's because they're like they are people who go to the gym. It's part of their identity. It's just mm-hmm. who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not this oh this awful thing that I like have to make myself do every day. Um, it's through repetition, it's just become a part of their identity and who yeah. they are. And I think that's the thing to strive for with assertiveness is to make it just a part of who you are. Yeah. Um, but I think to do that, it's again, it's more about just getting your reps in than doing really big acts of assertiveness. So I, I would much rather see someone do one small assertive thing every single day instead of one huge one once a week or once a month. Right. That's going to be much more effective if your long-term goal is to be more assertive. Well, I mean, if we, if we call assertiveness kind of, uh, well, 
I guess you can call it many things, an adjective or a behavior, but if we say that it's something you practice, it's a, it's a, a verb, it's something you do, mm-hmm. um, then it would be skill-based, and, and, and skills are built. Yes. Right? And, and right away you're not 100% perfect at it. Yes. Um, which, is, which is why I think important, it's important to kind of, even once you've identified your value, set a goal, that you're still able to, when you slip... <laughs> be able to to assess and you know game plan about what the next step is and how you'll be more assertive or, or how you'll look at that differently the next time or whatever that is. Right. But I, I think your point is really good. Start off. Um, how, how would you how would you frame that though? Small. Start off small, Start small, small, sustainable, sustainable. So here here's an example. I, I I had a client who had a lot of areas in her life where she wanted to be more assertive. She had a, a, a thing with her um, one of her parents where she was just chronically not being assertive and that was like a but that was like a really hard intense relationship and there was years of all sorts of baggage so that was like a really right. hard area to complicate but long term that's where she wanted to go but we we so where we started though was on a much smaller act of assertiveness which is where this thing she you know was mildly annoying to her and that she um you know would talk about every once in a while was that she was a stay-at-home mom and with multiple kids and often just felt like she didn't have enough of her own time, time mm-hmm, to herself. Mm-hmm. And so we, we talked about this thing she could do, which was, you know, on weekdays when her husband got home from work, um, her taking an hour to, she really liked to do yoga, to just go do yoga. Yeah. Now the problem for her was she was so caught up in the flow of things that she often just forgot to even ask for that. Her husband mm-hmm. was totally fine with it. He thought it was a great idea. But she would just, you know, you got tons of kids running around, you got to make dinner, and you just got stuff going on. She would just forget. Right. So we did this really simple thing where she set a recurring reminder on her phone that said assertiveness. And she set it for 5 p.m., which was like, you know, 10 minutes before her husband got home from work. So it reminded her to let her husband know, hey, I think today I'm going to go do yoga. So Excellent. you got yeah. the kids. Yeah. Um, and so, and that was something she could do multiple times every single week. Mm-hmm. She got in the habit of being assertive in a very small way. Right. And that, I think, really started to change her identity from someone who's just kind of a doormat yeah. to someone who knows what they want and is willing to kind of go after it. You know, where I've, <clears throat> where I've, where I've done this in my practice is just, um, can you be honest? Can you just start there? Oh. Just be honest about, hmm. you know, when your when your partner says, "Hey, let's go eat here," and you don't want to eat there, go yeah. ahead and say, "You know, I don't really like that place." You know, mm-hmm. can we can we eat here, or can you just start being honest about how you feel and what you want mm. in smaller ways? You don't have to set a huge goal right away. You don't have to, but just start being honest about how uh, you feel. Yeah, yeah, and really small things you have the opportunity to practice day in and day out. And see other people's reactions because most of the time it's going to be okay. Yeah. Most of the time. But to get that feedback. Right. Super important. Yeah. Good. Cool. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks. Thanks.